I do, I do, I do. <laughs> what up, what up, PFC World 254 coming at you live. World Cup round of 16 review. The last four games. We're on to the quarterfinals. We're going to wrap this episode up with a quarterfinal preview, quick touch with our predictions, etc., etc. But before that, let's get into the big game that just happened. I don't know if you guys hear me today. I sound a little bit raspy. There were a lot of high pitched screams, a lot of a little rappy, a little rappy, a little ratty, a little little Rashford, a little rat king. Um, (laughs) We're talking England one. Colombia won. England go through 4-3 on penalties. I did not need this in my life when it comes to England. To be fair, I've been chanting for a lot of teams this World Cup, including Colombia at some point. But when it comes down to it, as Bus would say, I want France because it's Team Africa and Europe. And I want England because we're an English podcast and they inspired us to get into this. So seeing them go into extra time so late absolutely killed me. But what do you guys think of the game? Uh, first off, I mean, Colombia. I cannot, I could not have counted all the times that they were whining on the pitch. Like every single moment that they got touched, they were on the ground whining. Did you see even uh, Ospina at the end of the game? Harry Maguire turns around. Ospina goes to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, come on. Harry, was Harry, hard, what's his name? Harry Maguire's a galoof, man. He steps into you. You're going to be feeling it, too. Be my boy, no, screaming out of this. This no. is Spina being a bitch, as always. I'm <laughs> surprised he didn't drain five minutes. He tried to there with Maguire, then realized, wait, there was no contact. The whole world is watching. Let me calm down. But he does this for Arsenal, man. He'll Love just it. go down randomly for five minutes, act like he's going to get subbed. The worst is being his substitute goalie. because The dude's <laughs> on the bench just warming up for no fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs> he never really gets hurt. And it no wasn't ever. It wasn't even just Espina. It was multiple players on the pitch. And just time again, again, and again, and again. It's like, relax. Just play the game. And then how many times did Harry Kane get hit? He would get knocked down and get right back up. Or he wouldn't go down at all. Harry Kane, if the Mexican coach manager was watching this game, he would really be applauding Harry Kane and not Colombia. Um, besides that, because it was just really play the game to get a plus from the Mexican head coach. Yeah, how did Mexico Fuck jump into here. this? Get out of here! Dude. You don't. Did you hear about the? Well, we'll get into it when. Uh, oh yes, the Mexican yes. Game. You're right. You're right. You're um, right. but England they played okay. I mean, Harry Maguire played another stunner. Uh, he won pretty much every ball that he was around. They just were having trouble finishing, getting that last little magic. Uh, yeah. Deli Ali, Lingard. They just couldn't deliver. Look, unfortunately, Harry Maguire did have a ball in ass game. Always a problem. But the goal that came uh, at the end from Mina, the buzzer beater goal, was over Harry Maguire. So you got to give him a little bit of a demerit for that. But overall, definitely, I think he had a great game. He's a problem. He's about this life. I don't know. Got to get that header off the line. I don't know if I'm gonna. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna give him demerit because if England could have put anyone above the height of five five on the post, they would have saved it. Yeah, but you can argue Maguire should have challenged better. Maguire was going backwards and Mina just... Basically, Harry Maguire got Harry Maguire because that's what he does on everyone in every corner. People try to back into him. He jumps over him. But again, I don't blame him fully for it. I just think that he was... You know, he lost his mark on that one. It happens. But again, Trippier quoted as 5'10". Bullshit. 
dude's five five at best. Should have cleared that off the line. I don't know why he's trying to skip it and flick it over the the bar as well. He should have attacked that ball. It's tough because it bounces right before him, but at the same time, if he does attack it, then might have a better chance of actually flicking it over the crossbar. For sure, man. But um, yeah, no, Colombia was complaining, you know, most of the game, but I think the complaints were inspired by the penalty awarded to Harry Kane. This dude, Carlos Sanchez, had one of the worst World Cups I've ever seen. And he's really not that bad a player, you know, up until this World Cup. He's been a solid player for Colombia. He's been there for them in Copa America. Um, but, man, that, that penalty he gave away to Harry Kane was absolutely shocking. In the day of VAR, even before VAR, congrats to the ref for seeing it, you know, live um, without needing VAR confirmation. But he's in the day of VAR, like, what, what, what was his plan? What was the thinking then, man? Well, I, the way they, uh, Columbia was saying was that when Harry Kane first moved, the, uh, did the movement, he brought his arm over, kind of like pushed him down. So I think they're yeah. trying to argue that part. Yeah. But he jumped on Harry Kane's back. That's the difference. <laughs> up, up until that, it was a battle. Harry Kane did he have wrote a him. and he was holding Harry Kane as well. But eventually Harry Kane let go after he got an advantageous position. And Carlos Sanchez decided to ride him. Speaking of riding, I love early in the game, Sterling showing his strength, man, giving uh, Mina a piggyback ride. That was that was a show of class right there. Yeah, that was uh, David versus Goliath right there. David sure, won. man. David won, man. But yeah, Yeri Mina, who oddly leads Colombia in goals, um, coming in to this tournament right here, or in this tournament. Um, this guy's been pivotal. Barcelona signing. I mean, these. I don't know. Barcelona kind of just got this guy out of nowhere in January, and he's been a hell of a signing. And he's a hell of a leader, man. He leads by example. Looked like he may have pulled his groin while celebrating that goal to tie it up, but this <laughs> dude's a savage, man. I feel bad for Colombia because I thought they played a good game. I thought they possessed the ball well, especially without James Rodriguez in the starting lineup. And um, they just, at the end of the day, they just weren't quite positive enough, I think, to to get a result. I, I'm a huge, I mean, I was a pretty big fan of Columbia coming in. This match right here, I actually was rooting for England. I didn't really, I, was, I wasn't really biased towards either, either team coming into the match, but watching the way that Columbia would just, again, just fall on the ground. They weren't playing honorably. And that's what swung me to be rooting for England a little bit more. Because again and again, then um, what, uh, I forget which player, uh, was it Barrios? The one that, um, he didn't really headbutt, but he kind of like threw his head back at um, oh, Henderson, yeah. got a yellow. Some people I saw even on Facebook, people were saying that, oh, what was, uh, people were saying that it should have been a red card. I don't it know if that should, I don't know if that should have been a well, red card. By, by the book, that's a red card. It's head, uh, using your head as basically a weapon. And he hit Henderson in the chest, headbutted Henderson in the chest, or side butt, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Even got him in the he, chin. And then he raises his head and gets him in the chin as well. But again, if, if there was any other player, non English player, if Henderson did that to Colombia, did that to Brazil, did that to Argentina, they would, Uruguay as well, notice some, there's a trend in all these teams I'm calling out. They would have been on the ground rolling for hours and it would have drawn the red card. Henderson did go down, but he didn't roll, uh, roll around. He didn't sell it. I hate the roll around bullshit, but this is what you get from it. If you try to be a hard ass, 
They're just going to be like, all right, you got hit, but you're okay. If you're out there rolling like Neymar, you're going to draw red cards, man. So I see why they do it. I don't think it belongs in the game, but until there's a rule against it, I really don't mind it that bad because everyone knows that, oh, if I touch that guy, he's going to roll on the ground. So what's the solution? Don't follow him. Yeah, don't but, but him. I don't mind the embellishment because being honorable is not rewarded. Harry Kane, there were a couple of plays in this game, Hus, that you were saying where Harry Kane, he stood tall, he stood his ground, he didn't go down, ref didn't give him the free kick. So if it means that I have to dive and roll around, not dive, if there's contact made and that means I have to embellish the contact or you know exaggerate any sort of off-the-ball incident that may happen in order to punish the opponent, I'm doing that. Because when I play honorably, if, if I play honorably as a player, that's not being rewarded as well. So All I'm right. For, I'll, on that. I'll go after the, um, uh, the actual call first. So we talked about it with Portugal, Uruguay, Argentina, France. We are talking about the refs. And like I said then was I don't necessarily care how the ref calls as long as it is consistent. Henderson, at the end of the game, threw his head yep. at somebody, got a yellow. Consistent. Yeah. I like that both got yellows. If they both got reds, it's consistent. I still don't necessarily like it because they're, they would be soft, but I'm glad that they both got yellow because it's even right there. That, uh, but the honorable part, that's why I was so happy that England did make their way out. Um, it just comes to show that I would be, if I was a ref, I would have the whistle in my pocket for most of the game. If <laughs> I would be judging almost every player out there. If, if it looked like they were flopping, Get up, bro. I, I don't know. Injured, speaking, yo, well, that's okay. I speaking mean, of flopping, <laughs> it's not okay. Of, depends on who it is. But that's the thing, man. You that's that's the hard part. Once refs start repping, uh, refing reputation, that's part of the reason why Suarez left the EPL because, yes, there was some diving involved. And by diving, I mean there's no contact, and he goes down pretending there's contact simulation, it's also called. And that's gross, absolutely gross. For now, anytime there's a foul on Suarez, the rep would be thinking simulation first and then would be calling the foul. And most of the time when he was truly fouled, they didn't call the foul. They were basically trying to change his game for him. And the ref is not there to change the game. If a guy's a diver and he gets hit, it's a hit. It's a foul, whether it's reputation or not. And I understand that's the difficulty the ref is in. And that's why we have VAR now. Call the foul. You review it on VAR, and if it's not a foul, you drop the ball and you keep playing. Speaking of dives, though, Harry yes. McQuarrie, Mr. 6'10", 300 pounds himself, yep. decides to try a sneaky little dive hus. Why aren't you calling him out? I honestly didn't see that one. Um, oh, wow. No, I honestly, honestly I would. English I, I, dude doesn't get a call out, though. When he, there was no contact. That was proper situation. I have no idea. If, if I saw that, yes, I would have called out. I, I feel like I called everybody. When it comes mm -hmm. down to diving, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who haven't I called out? Uh, I don't know any, any English player. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I've called oh, out no. Sterling. Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely the next level. Again, we talk about VAR. I think if we are going to have the VAR, we, they really have to take a big look at something like the Ospina. And I'm not saying give me a yellow card for that, but have a talk with, like, if that's in the middle of the game, just go over to him. Like, if you do that again, you're getting a yellow. That's your first warning. Because 
for going down that easy. Oh, settle he was down. No, 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 no. You settle down because every time you guys say, oh, well, he, his his heel got touched like that much. So, yes, it's a foul. I didn't say so, it was a foul. So, you're on one end, but you're not on the other. No, you're going to be in the middle, bro. And so you're not in the middle. contact there. And, you know, he goes down. We all know Espina, he's known for doing this, man. That's why you go, go and talk with him. Hit. He slows the game down, so be That's strategic sad. if you're Harry Maguire. Don't don't give him a reason. Don't give him. He a just reason. turned around. Oh, I didn't see him coming either, man. Oh, <laughs> relax. It's so funny how like you you see the Ospina thing, you go in depth in that. You don't see Harry Maguire diving on set on Davidson Sanchez though, and that was the yellow card. That was a gross. That was the yellow card. No contact yeah. whatsoever. So if anyone's gonna and get it, the and card, it was in the box. Yeah. yeah, he was fishing for a PK. Look, if he drove, then give him a yellow card. I'm fine with that. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying. I did not see that part. <laughs> um, dude, I'm. I'm tired of Raheem Sterling starting. I know he had a B season. Absolutely killed it for Man City. But this system doesn't work for him. He cannot play central. He's ineffective centrally. He's better coming out wide. If you're not going to put him out wide, put Rashford out there. Maybe even Vardy. Look, Vardy, you can make an argument for him. Kane is the guy who's going to check in, flick it uh, behind the lines of Vardy, blah, blah, blah. I still prefer Rashford because he's got just as much speed as Vardy does. But I think he's got, he brings more in moves. He can semi-hold up play, not as well as Kane can, but he's he's got a frame on him. You know, he can receive the ball with back to goal um, in certain situations. And he can turn people, man. He's lively. He's dynamic. He obviously came on late in this game, second half of extra time, so he didn't have a chance to do much damage. But the next game, he's got to sort out this lineup. Another guy, Deli Ali, absolutely disappearing right. act. I he's thought, the I thought Raheem, biggest magician on this field. Yeah, I thought to agree with you, Raheem and Deli were this gave like flat performances, especially Deli Ali. Raheem, you'll always be able to at least look like he may be lively because he has he has speed to his game, but. Deli Ali, excuse me. Deli Ali was just flat. There weren't too many positive key passes from him. How many shots did he really have on target? Like, he wasn't, didn't seem to be too aggressive. It did have something to do with, you know, Uruguay's defense bunkering down and being tight there in midfield. But at the same time, man, you know, it's, it's just you need more from that position because right now it looks like England doesn't really have a clear attacking Midfielder or number 10. Dude, even even just midfield in general. I mean, Hendo today was was just bad. I think I think the stage was too big for Hendo. He was nervous. Oh, he was Hendo? Um, didn't, Hendo as well, man. I love Hendo, but Hendo as well. It was all three of them, to be honest. It was Lingard, Hendo, and Ali all took naps. Ali, it's his first game back from injuries, missed England's last two games. Why not put Ruben Loftus-Cheek out there, especially in a game like this where you need a bit of physicality, you know, but... Obviously, this game is passed. They're moving on to play Sweden. But PKs, man, PKs, what a thrill. What an absolute thrill. I did not, like I said earlier, I did not need it in my life. I could have done with a, with a nice 1-0 nah, victory for England. need that drama in your life. It's too much, bro. It's too and, much. Well, the one thing that you forgot to talk about with the, the goal for Columbia was – I didn't forget well, shit, bro. Well, right before that, <laughs> um, that shot that Pickford saved – but that shot that was t- – I forget uh, who took that, but that was oh, a you, rocket. Oh, yeah, that was, was um, uh, Uribe. Uribe. Yes, that was Uribe. Going top right corner, that Ooh. was almost – the goal that came right after that was almost like the soccer god saying, 
great effort. We're just going to give you this because that looked like it was going in. Yep. That yeah, was a man. special save. I, instead of that, that corner going in, I kind of wish that was the shot that went in. Just, you know, he just – he deserved that, that. Because that, 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 that trippier, like the header, like he bent his head. Dead. Dude, you're already 5'5". Five, five. Thank well, you. Which, which online says 5'10", which I don't agree with. But why you like, – don't go – make yourself bigger. I just don't understand that. Why make yourself 5'2"? Only if it was like Super Mario Brothers and just ate a mushroom and just do 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 do. do. Could just, just grow like three levels just to clear that out, man. But again, yeah, you know rosters, they always tend to exaggerate or lie about the players' heights to make the team seem larger than life. Um, but yeah, Trippier all in all, though, man, he had a pretty decent showing. Um, he was one of the more lively players for England, bombing on that flank. Um, but again, man, I just... Nah. Maybe it's probably because he's a Spurs guy. That yeah, he, that's a Spurs sauce, bro. That's um, Spurs sauce. The dude takes all the set pieces, basically. Um, he's got recovery speed. He's no he's no Walker. And by the way, we should get into Walker's fucking nightmare today. Um, he's he, no when Walker. He the, when he, he did the stanky leg, leg when he was cramping? Dude, before <laughs> that, man, the one where he gave the breakaway to, oh. to, um, to Columbia, man. Was it Baca? I think it was Baca. Yeah, man, you got past the Pickford. Yep, and then Quadrado selfishly and funny. Tommy and I were talking about this before the game, talking about going for that glory moment versus you know trying to hey now glory (laughs) son trying to play that Man City where taking the high percentage (laughs) shot, dude. I'm from the school of high percentage shots, and he had no angle on that one. Um, He was bearing down on goal, which means it was off balance. His first touch was away from goal as well. It wasn't a clean first touch. And he skies it, doesn't even force a save. At least low and hard, force Pickford to save it. Maybe deflects into danger. Someone taps it in late. But nah, man, he goes for glory, absolutely kills his team. But they end up recovering anyway to, to, to get that buzzer beater, like you said. Now, was Columbia extra fast or did Walker look a little bit slower tonight? Yeah, I think he was tired. Yeah, man, he's had a long season for Man City. Let's not forget, like, obviously, Man City didn't go deep in Champos, but. Pep played those guys basically to match day 38. You know, he, he wanted to break those records. Remember, once they won the league mathematically, the next goal was to get 100 points or was it 100 goals in the league? Something like that. It was 100. So he kept playing the strong team. And you can even see it in De Bruyne, too. De Bruyne's legs are shot out from under him. Stones, he was rested. He, didn't, he wasn't used too much this season. So you can see him. He's a bit more fresh. But he's also another guy who's got mistakes in him, man. And there were times where... He'd wait last second, you know, to make that pass, dude. It drives me nuts with that. But, yo, they get away with it, man. Pickford shows up big um, in the in the shootout. Well, not big, but, you know, he, he had himself one, one save. One save. Yeah, one save and one That's all that matters. Columbia. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, and if he can just make himself big enough to make someone think – will overthink the shot, which I'm not, I'm not sure if I should give him the credit for Columbia's first miss that went off the crossbar, but – it is what it is. You bl- give him all the blame if it goes in. Guess what? You should give him some of the credit when it doesn't go in. Yeah, dude, that tactic of like him jumping and shaking the net, you know, that that can get in your head because he's showing his size there. He's showing his range a little bit, shaking the net as well. It can distract yeah. you, you know. It doesn't yeah, make it you scared. It makes the goal look a lot smaller than exactly. it actually is. He's and, a big dude, man. I didn't think he was that big. Like He, he was like a half a foot shorter than the top of the bar. Uh, the bar. Well, they're saying he's what six one. 
He looked a lot bigger than 6'1", bro. Because if Couture's 6'7", Couture's head should be above the net. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the commentators were saying that Southgate was having the, the players practice penalties for the last four months or so. And not only that, but they were telling the goalies what side they're going to to make it even more difficult. And you That's saw brilliant. that with That's Harry brilliant. Kane, uh, Rashford, Trippier. Those were lights out penalties. And even Henderson's, who got saved, that was still yeah. a pretty good penalty, but it was a great save. Yeah, shout yeah, out to us. Green had a great one. save on that one. And I thought he was going to get Eric Dyers as well, the last PK, which won it for England. Um, you got a paw on it, a right paw, but just wasn't strong enough, not strong enough of a wrist there to keep it out. And I know that one's going to haunt him there. Yeah, look, I think the fair. The, the team that deserved to go through went through. Obviously, you can make an argument for Colombia, but like I want to see England through to the next round playing against Sweden. Um, but let's move on to the next game here. Uh, we're talking Brazil versus Mexico. I was the only one who predicted Mexico to win this one. Samba, Samba boys. boys. There's too much class, too much belief. Like you said, Tom, this team is very, very balanced, and they showed it in this game. Yeah, they had some trouble. Um, Fagner was, I mean, Fagner was getting um, <laughs> in some trouble a little bit. And um, look, they addressed it. The first half, he was getting eaten up. Also, Felipe Luis, man, Mexico really doing a great job of attacking the flanks. Um, but I thought Brazil would just be too much for them at the end, man. They play very similar games, counterattacking, one-on-one, get the ball wide and, and sort of um, see where it goes. But Look, I was very comfortable in knowing that Brazil was going to handle their business. And I thought Neymar stepped up as a superstar this game. And a lot of people have been hating on Neymar out there. Um, yeah, he may bring it on due to his antics. He's a, you know, he's a dribbler. He's a flare bear. He, he goes down easier than most guys. But all me, guys. And this, all is, guys. This, this is the size of a true superstar, man. Like when your team needs you, are you going to show up in the biggest moments? And he did. Look. He, look, he, he did show up, man, but I think the guy who finally woke up and who scored has him as man of the match, Willian, dude. Willian, this game, wanted the ball, taking people on, yep. not going down easy. You know, just he was about this life today. This is the first game he showed up in this World Cup. I was calling for Douglas Costa to start. Uh, Willian got a bit lucky in that Douglas Costa got injured. I think Douglas Costa would have started going forward um, if he was healthy, but... In this game, undeniable, man. The old Willian is back. And it's funny because I was reading articles back home in Brazil. They don't understand why this dude is on the field. I don't think they've watched enough Chelsea games. You know, I mean, Brazil <laughs> is a country that, you know, tends to watch La Liga and Serie A. So, but you watch this guy for Chelsea the last three seasons, four seasons. This guy has been an absolute dynamo. The season when they finished 10th, uh, when Mourinho got fired, he was the only one who played. Hazard took a nap. Everyone else took a nap. He was the only one who played that year. And he's always given 100% to Chelsea. The first three games of Brazil, he didn't give 100%. Not in effort, but as far as his ability, he wasn't playing at 100% level. This game, he was absolutely brilliant, man. I agree. So I expected this uh, at the beginning of the the World Cup with Neymar and Willian. Agreed. They didn't show it the first three matches, but... For fantasy-wise, I had Neymar, I had Willian. I thought both of them were just going to pop in this World Cup. I really did. Um, Neymar had a pretty good game. I, I think this actually had to do with Mexico. The way they're pressing so high, 
Mexico, it, it, it helped Mexico, uh, Brazil the way they passed the ball. They were able to get Mexico to come at the ball instead of sitting back and waiting where they weren't able to get through those gaps. Good but good because job. Mexico kept going and using that energy almost against Mexico, Brazil was able to find the gaps, the quick passes. They were able to hold on to the ball a little bit more, pass the ball and move, rather than other countries would just sit back a little bit and say, fine, you want to play with the ball at half? We're going to wait for you here, and then yeah. you have to beat all 10 of us. Yeah, dude, yeah. this was to, – to, I think Mexico was unfortunate not to score, man, because this was really like watching two boxers forget defense and just play. You know what I mean? Like back and forth, back and forth. Mexico had no respect for Brazil, no respect. And Brazil obviously had no respect for Mexico because they're Brazil. But if Mexico had stolen just one goal, I think – I think this might have been a type of like extra time game because the breakdown came in the 51st minute. And before that, everything was tied. Overall in this game, Mexico had the possession. They had six less shots, which is not much. They had just as many dribbles. They had a better passing accuracy. Mexico played out of their skins. It's just also the injury to Chicharito coming off. He yeah, that hurt. That and then they subbed Rafa Marquez as well at halftime. That was a big um, mistake. So that could have been a questionable move. And that's potentially the last game he'll ever play. At this level, you know. Yeah, know. look, to be to be honest, man, because he's such a legend, and Brazil wasn't like uh, targeting him, you know, they weren't victimizing him. So I think it might, been, it might have been a fitness thing. Yeah, I think yeah. it was a fitness thing. The game was was a bit fast for him, and you know, it's hot. It was a hot day. Yeah, man, I think just the age caught up, dude. You can't escape for the time. Uh, one one of the biggest series for Brazil again is Roberto Firmino. We've talked about it every single match with Brazil that Roberto Firmino looks like the better striker at the uh, at the point rather than Jesus. Jesus was okay; he did some good stuff, but right when Firmino came on, things changed. He got in the right spot and was able to steal the goal. That was the nail in the coffin. Yeah, and that was due to Neymar, who I've noticed since um, you guys criticized him about holding on to the ball and slowing the game down. He's doing that a lot less. He's running a lot less and um yeah he's, he's he's more of a problem when he's, he's doing that so, so much more effective you don't give the other team a chance i mean he did that four or five times i almost texted during the during the uh the, the game but i was a bit salty i was like god damn it this guy's been listening to pfc now he's a problem dude you don't let the defender set it's a it's just a basic principle of dribbling dude like if you're a good dribbler why would you wait for this guy to get good defensive position and then get cover as well if he goes at uh, Belgium like this, the Belgium uh, center backs, the, the full backs, whoever, he's going to be a problem, man. Now all he has to do is take out that rolling around in this game. Go down, sure, if you get fouled, there's no point being a superhero. Like he definitely got stepped on, right? So we're talking about the incident. I, I believe it may have been. Yeah, look, look, he definitely got stepped on, but even you texted during that. You're like, yo, I thought he got shot by a sniper. He definitely got stepped on. 100% <laughs> should have been a red. No question, but the way he was like rolling on the ground, keep I thought rolling, I felt like rolling, rolling, <laughs> keep rolling, rolling. <laughs> I thought his head got stepped on or something because, like, you know, they were like the, the, the Mexican guy was gonna go grab the ball. I thought like maybe a hand got stepped on. Did that guy even get a card? Rock. I, don't uh, I don't think he even got a card, bro. To be honest, if he did, it was yellow clearly because there were no red cards in this game. But as far as I remember, I don't think he got a card, but I. I to add to that point with Neymar, he has been getting knocked a couple of times. But again, if you're fit to play, play the way that best fits you. 
keep going at those defenders. Do not slow down. It's a classic case of the tortoise and the hare. The hare slows down, the tortoise can keep up. Don't slow down. Go. Use that speed. Use that agility. Make sure that the defenders don't know where they're going. Get them on their heels and make sure you're getting as many yellow cards for those defenders as you possibly can. Yeah, and he's got the vision to make that pass too. So like once he gets you going, he doesn't even have to beat you to beat you. You know, he can draw you in and then lay it off, man. He's absolutely unstoppable when he plays like that. And when he rolls around less and shows him, yo, you're not going to break me. You're not absolutely like Messi has that attitude about him. Ronaldo early days was not as crazy as Neymar, but early days would get frustrated, would stay on the ground next so long, would milk it. Eventually knocked that out of his game. He's like, you guys are going to have to break my leg to keep me out of this game. And that intimidates defenders. And now they go after you extra hard. Now you get them yellow cards easier because now the ref's not worried. Oh, is Neymar exaggerating here? It's like, no, Neymar's a skillful player. Nine times out of 10, it's going to be a foul on him. And, he, and, and, and that's what's going to help his game. And I think that'll come with age. I think he's starting to realize that here. I'm glad the coach has gotten in his ear about it. Be more direct. Be that Ronaldinho. As soon as you get it, everyone's on their heels. Everyone is shaking in their boots. You don't allow them to set. He's going to be unstoppable, man. I don't All think this- he'll change that part of his game because of his frame. Ronaldinho was a lot more stout. You know, he had the muscle to kind of bounce off of people. Neymar, a lot more slender. And... There's yeah. a way to change it, though. Like, Ronaldo, you guys remember him at 17, 18, even, in, even at yeah, 22. But, you know, he was lucky enough to have a Man United locker room and guys like Roy Keane. And I think, I think if he goes to practice, that, that stuff was unacceptable. I think you know, if he goes to Real Madrid, dog, I think he'll be forced to adapt because he's living under some massive shadows. He won't go down as much. I think I he'll think hit he the gym a bit more. Um, Real Madrid's always been a bit more physical team than a Barcelona. Barcelona's always been cute. Real Madrid tends to be a bit more physical. They have the cuteness about them too, but you look at all their legends, man. Even the small guys had a bit of physique about them. I think you just, just need to I just think Neymar's out. Neymar, and he's not going to change that much. You know? Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. We'll see what happened. So basically, uh, I was going to go into the Mexican... Um, uh, manager after the match, what we we're talking about really quick touched on before was he came at Brazil and mostly Neymar saying that this game is for men. Uh, basically saying the type of things that I would probably say, but he really yeah. went off on a, on a big stage talking about how they're, they're great and skilled player, players, but they're also very skilled actors. And that the, he had some real big shots against Brazil. You take, you take that out, you're gonna be salty. You know what no, I mean? yeah, you're salty with the Mexican head coach, even though he's making look, he's making good points. So I don't want to take it as okay, he's lost. This is just all emotion, hundred percent. There was some Brazilian embellishment some? in there, um, but you know, if, if if you're on the opposite end of that, you're winning one nil or two nil. You're gonna try slow the game down. There's gamesmanship involved in this, guys, and. Like we discussed before, if you're honorable, you get nothing from the ref. So there's no incentive for a player to stay on his feet other than the applause of the fans. And if at the end of the day, winning comes above everything. Yeah, man, for sure. Belgium, three, Japan, two. Man, what a game. First of all, big shout to the Blue Samurais, man. These dudes played they, – they played like – we know the Japanese culture to be, you know, the samurais, the kamikazes, just honor, pride, belief in yourselves. 
they had no business getting two goals on this Belgium side. And at some point in the game, they were two nothing up, and it was a classy two nothing. It wasn't a Russian two nothing up. It wasn't pack yeah. it in, hit no him on the No business in terms of their rankings, but in terms of the playing style, they were actually bossing this game. Well, between the two underdogs, between Japan and Mexico, Japan was much better. Mexico had two bad games, two good games in this World Cup. So uh, Japan really brought it on the big stage. Uh, again, that second goal that they had, when they did the replay, the ball did not even move. It was just – I mean, that was quite the knock ball. It was well-deserved. In Japan, I mean, it's too bad uh, for them that they didn't win. But they no, were unbelievable. Look, yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Roberto Martinez, I think, has to shift some things around. If a team like Japan is able to dominate you in possession, they will find in those gaps in the middle of the park. I, I don't think Belgium will be able to win the World Cup with a 3-4-3 um, type of formation. I think there's just too many weaknesses in there. Their center backs don't appear to have the athleticism to keep up with fast wingers. And on top of that, there's just holes in the middle with two central midfielders. So exactly, they're going to need to adapt. Well, you, that, you know, you're playing Japan. You don't need three center backs, man. They had uh, Osako up top. Basically, that was it. Anui was a kind of number 10, played a little deeper. Sentiment coming out of sentiment. Haraguchi as well. And if you notice, the two guys who scored the goals were from midfield, dude. Yeah. If, if, if you're playing a team like Japan... You don't need three center backs. You pull out either company, Aldover, Aldover, Tongan, take your fucking pick, and go to a fullback system. If you want to play a little more conservative, go 4-2-3-1, have your two uh, defensive mids in there, and play from there, dude. And then get the most important thing as well, enough of Carrasco, enough of Carrasco. He's clearly not at this level right now. He's not playing hot at all. Get a fullback in there, can get up and down. I'm talking a guy like Jordan Lukaku. Let's get that guy out there. Uh, Munia, I don't mind him. I don't mind Munia. I don't think he brings too much to the table, but I don't think he's a problem either. So you keep him out there right back. And then De Bruyne, Witzel, and maybe play uh, Hazard out wide. Hazard has to be more out wide, man. When he's coming in from that wing, he's a problem. He's another guy like Sterling, where if you play him central, you kill a lot of pieces of his game. See, I'm not one ability. I'm not sure Jordan Lukaku travel. I'm looking at this bench here. I don't see. Uh, you might be right, bro. I don't see his name here. So I think what Martinez has tried to do is bolster the center back department. And he's relied on wing backs like Carrasco, like, you know, Munier, who can play that right back position. And he's got a guy like Vermalen, I guess, who could slide in at left back. But at his age, I don't think he'd be the solution. So I think he's kind of stuck with this three center back system for me i'd like to see a three five two i think that's a way more balanced formation or maybe even a three five one one however you want to play it um but Hus, i'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this so during the match i actually sent you guys a message and it said have we actually seen a team consistently impressed with a three back system in this uh, without a four-back system, basically, uh, in this World Cup. England has the five-back, and it's really nice to watch because they have Trippier and Young playing as the wing-backs going up and down. But they get back. That's the most important part. And I'm not sure if it's because there's so many different countries involved and so many players that don't actually play with each other week in, week out, that we could see a different type of strategy where we 
where we see in England where the three five uh, three five two was actually something that worked very well. Yeah. We're in the World Cup now, where any time that we saw a three back, it almost seemed like they were exposed unless they're playing a, a crappy team. So right now, I could very well see um, Belgium going to a fullback or or uh, having those guys lie back a little bit on the wings to make it almost a five back. But let's not forget, I'm not to put all the blame on his shoulders, but this is the first um, match that Boyata has not played and Vincent Company has. Uh, there's a five-year age difference and about 48 injury difference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I'm exaggerating on the 48 injuries, but this is the first match that Company has come in and started and they looked exposed. Yes, Vertonghen was the reason um, that made the error for their goal, but Boyata, he definitely sat in and helped out the, the outside center backs. So let's not just say as Vertonghen, I could see Boyata starting next match. Uh, I mean, at least I hope. As much as I love Vincent Company, he just one pulled Tammy away from wasting his sub 20 minutes in. I don't, I don't think you pull Company. I think you pull a guy like Toby. Toby Alderweireld hasn't played all year. He's, he's the perfect person to give a rest next game, especially because uh, they're playing Brazil, a very, very clever attacking system. A guy like Boyata brings that athleticism. I think, I think benching a healthy company sends a bit of a distraction to the team. Um, healthy, quote unquote. Healthy enough to start and play 90, bro. So he's healthy. If he doesn't start next game, I don't think it's because because uh, uh, of performance. I think it would be a fitness thing. Like maybe after the game, he might have complained about something. But if he's healthy, bro, you got to start him just like at Man City. Like, I mean, yeah, company was all right today, man. And he's a leader. You know what you're going to get from him for the most part. You know? But it could have, to, to Huss's point, it could have thrown off that balance because it it's, that, it's that same idea of like when Messi's on the pitch, Argentina plays different. When Zlatan's on the pitch, Sweden plays different. When company's on the pitch, that back line plays different. Oh, it's different plays 100% than Boyata. I agree. Anytime you yeah. change your back line, the chemistry will be affected. Yeah. So I think Toby would be the least, you know, the least uh, shockwave in changing that back, especially because he didn't play all year. So Vertonghen, you got to keep him out there, man. He's an actual. You, know you guys see that losing see. header? It was wow. a, yeah, that, oh, that header was bullshit. That was on purpose. No, it, it was wasn't. Planned. I saw him working it. on it in training. <laughs> it was Lucky-ass header. Lucky-ass header. Keeper, come on. Got to do better there. Even Too though short. It was, Too short. Um, but for me, what was interesting to see was to see the response of the Belgian stars. When Japan was up 2-0, sent a text to the group like, okay, let's see how KDB and Eden Hazard respond now. Like, Let's look at their body language. You're a couple of times, Eden Hazard, making frustrating gestures, but you got to give him credit what credit is due. Excellent whipped in left foot cross that he had to uh, for um, to another uh, superstar, right? What's his name? Um, the clown. Um, what's yeah, I'm not going to help you. I know exactly yeah, what you're Fellaini. talking about. Fellaini, though. But it, honestly, dude, Fellaini's been balling this tournament, man. He's one of those guys you like love to hate or when he's not on your team, you can't stand him. But when he is on your team, you absolutely love him. Dude, I loved him since... Everton, dude. Do I think he should have been the only signing Man United made when Moyes moved over? Hell yeah. no. Yes. Hell no. But since he's been there, dude, he's given his all. Is he the, quint the quintessential United player? No. Has he been put in a position to succeed at United? Hell no. He came from Everton playing that number 10 slash center forward sometimes. He had, I think he had a 20-goal season, not, not Premier League goals, but I think he had a 20-goal, like, all-comp season at uh, Everton. Moyes loves him. 
um the the previous manager of belgium i forget um i forget his goddamn name but when he was in charge um during the euros he came out and said maron fellaini is the most important player on this team to my attack that's why they got fired jose martinez said the same thing jose Mourinho wanted him this whole time still wants him Martinez the said he's the, he's want the most important player. The most not important the most important. Player. Martinez said he's an important part of the system. Dude, yeah, every the time plan, they're in yo, trouble. Plan B is mad important. When you go Dude, out he, you, and you meet a girl and y'all do some stuff and you don't use protection, you know what I mean? And the next day, you don't want to move forward with her. She doesn't want to move forward with you. Plan B is necessary. You bro. need to go to the clinic and get that plan B. And That's sometimes, what my one Fellaini is. He's and Tom, plan B. No, and sometimes you need to show up to the club with plan B in your pocket, give it to the girl, be like, yo, we're about to get nasty tonight. Ahead of time? A, what ahead the of time, bro. We're getting ahead of this curve, bro. We'll mess up I'm her telling stomach, you, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting pregnant tonight. I'm shooting them. I'm shooting that hot fire, dude. Shooting your club <laughs> up tonight. Thee who giveth can take it away. Um, dude, no, wait. Let me finish. He should start the next game, dude. Not because he's this world-class touch master. Not because he's this super fast guy. Not because he's this defender. Because he's an X-Factor. Who on Brazil is going to handle this dude? Casemiro, Miranda? And now Which you got Lukaku up there as well? No, plan A would throw you off because they're thinking, oh, we have to worry about these nifty fast guys. Mourinho's been trying that all year. <laughs> and it just doesn't work. So doesn't I think work, it would work. Ask uh, Arsenal. It I, agree work with, I agree with Brazil. Tiki. Um, I could actually see Chadley and Fellaini starting over Carrasco and Mertens. Mertens will give you a little speed at the end of the game as well. Uh, the, the biggest factor that I see with Fellaini is that when Lukaku was out there by himself, he was being double or maybe even triple covered exactly. inside the 18. When Fellaini went in there, he was being doubled and Lukaku was by himself. So he got multiple chances by himself, which he should have finished, especially that, that header that went uh, oh, that just power. missed the goal. So... If you have Fellaini start, that means oh, let's look at, at set pieces. Look at set pieces and corners. We have Lukaku, we have Fellaini, Bertongan, Company, Alderweireld, and then that's five guys who are beasts in the air. And then you have uh, even Witzel, who sometimes can go, be good, but then you have uh, Hazard and De Bruyne waiting for the ball to come out for a quick shot at the top of the 18. Five guys. Who's going to mark those five guys? Wagner? No. And um, the manager Tiki was looking for was Mark Wilmots, uh, yes. the Belgian coach of the Euro of 2016. But with Fellaini, you have to look at it because I'm not even just starting Fellaini. I might be starting Chadley because when they both came in, everything changed. You had Fellaini on the field just roughing people up. And the biggest point that I have with him was that when he – was in the 18 with Lukaku. Lukaku was able to get open. Before Fellaini came on the field, Lukaku was double, even triple covered, and he didn't get many looks. When Fellaini came on the field, Lukaku got many more looks, better looks, and, and should have scored that header which went past the goal. Um, if you have Fellaini in the field, think about the set pieces and the corner. You have Lukaku, Fellaini, company, Vertonghen, and Alderweireld. And then not only that, but you have Hazard and De Bruyne and Witzel on the outside of that. And How is, are you going to defend that on the, on the corners and the set pieces? Because you're not going to – well, not many times are you going to be able to pass around Brazil from 
a lot of time during this game. So where can you really affect Brazil is on set pieces. So Fellaini could definitely help that. And where is Brazil weakest right now, Matt? Those outside back. So if you got a guy like Lukaku and Fellaini in there, it means Hazard now can decide to dribble, take you on, beat you, or he can receive it and serve it. And same thing for Mertens or Chadley, whoever you bring in. Or Munier as well. He doesn't have to beat you anymore because now he's got two targets. He's got a guy who's world-renowned for winning the ball in the air and winning chest straps. And then you got another kid who's coming through, also looking like he's going to be a bit of a problem in the air. So now you got you had a different dimension. So when you're marking up on Hazard, you can't just give him that five yards of space, you know, because you respect his speed. Because now you can just pin, pinpoint across and cross it to two massive targets. It's weird. Or if man. you try to play him tight, he's got the dribble. So, like, it, it adds me, another dimension. Fellaini, to me, is the ultimate super sub because he changes the game so much because of his um, his physique. Three, man. They said you the same thing mean? about Giroud. And now you see Giroud starting for France. It's a different dynamic, man. He, he makes a great sub. Your point is not incorrect. He is a great sub. And for Man so United, I think, and so is Giroud. But you saw when Giroud didn't play, when it was Griezmann, Dembele and Bappi. They were all doing the same thing. All three of them are yeah, dribbling. But they have Romelu Lukaku. Belgium has Romelu. But Romelu Lukaku wasn't enough, man. We've seen it. He wasn't enough this game. And against Brazil with Miranda and uh, Thiago Silva, those dudes are going to mark him out of the game. You're going to absolutely need an X Factor like Lukaku to occupy Miranda and then Mer uh, not Mertens, Fellaini to occupy Thiago Silva. And then hopefully Hazard has a great day against uh, Mr. Skates himself. Uh, Look, the drawbacks, the drawbacks to starting Fellaini, it really is just about Brazil's ability to break on the counterattack and to pass around. And, you know, you know, Fellaini been known to get cards as well. So he's I having agree. a great tournament, though. That's why I would justify starting him, not just for the hold-up play and the physique. Um, he's actually been, he's been doing pretty well. So I'm not too mad at you guys saying he should start, but I don't think he should start out of, just him being Fellaini and being See, the, thing, the thing is you can't afford to go one nothing, two nothing down to Brazil. You're just not you're not gonna come back from that. For sure you could. But even this game, it took till ninety plus three, the ninety-third minute for them to get over that Japan hump. You know, I mean, and Japan doesn't have as much class. You give Neymar one of those breaks Japan have, you give Coutinho, Jesus, Firmino one of those breaks. Dude, they're breaking your back, man. And you got a three-back system that's kind of confused right now. That's kind of leaky. Yeah, that's why you got to change the formation. I don't think that has much to do with Fellaini. Fellaini will get you, may get you goals, man, but, you know. Goals win games, bro. Goals that, win that games. That back line, that back line for me. I think that if you go for Liverpool, all we got to do is outscore them. Yeah. And, look, if you have Witzel hanging back a little bit more and they do change up the defensive um, strategy – Fellaini might not have to come back as much as he, uh, he really wants. The fact of the matter is it's the set pieces. If he can calm down corners and he can be offensive during his corners, same thing, all set pieces. If he can just create one goal, that could be the difference. And tell me someone – a penalty kick. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen at all. I, tell I me, do. He doesn't, he doesn't come back penalty. far enough, Tom. He's not, yeah. He doesn't play like no, he does at United. Set pieces, he can – Cause a penalty kick because he's such a physical player. Because we've seen him no, with the he's elbows. Not, he's not a. He, this oh, world. We've seen he him has. do it before. He's done it before. He scored before. All I'm saying is we don't know. I think there's more positive to negative than Fellaini, clearly. But I think it's like 60, 40 percent, man. I don't think it's such a 
I don't think that's. I think it's like 80 20. Yeah, I think it's 75 25. Yeah. In this World Cup, tell me a Belgian player that's been at ease with having the ball at his possession. Fellaini has looked more comfortable than anybody else on the field for Belgium. Because even with four people around him, he'll bring the ball down to his foot and then he'll take a shot or just pass it out. No, we're talking in, into traffic, Tom. We're not talking dribbling and going at players. Into traffic. This dude, the chest trap he had against England from a corner. Three guys jumped in front of him. The dude chested it in the box and shot it. Obviously, the finish wasn't there. Actually, it was. It was blocked, actually, that kick. So that's the X. This is an X Factor World Cup, man. Is he the classiest, silkiest player? No. Is he a good defender? No, not really. He likes to bargain to people, get yellows. Plan B. Catch him off guard. You Everyone don't take it him. before the nut. You take it after the nut. Well, you know what? Plan A, didn't work, so, plan a didn't work so well against Japan, so you might have no. to go to plan B. Exactly. Plan, plan B didn't work. That's when plan B comes no. in. Dude, so I right now, plan B at the club, bro. I'm gonna shoot up the club tonight. We're not waiting till him. Monday. We're not waiting till 9 a.m. tomorrow, dude. We're getting this done tonight. <laughs> that's wild, dog. You out of order, man. You out of yeah, order. Man, that's why I got married, bro. Got to get out that game. You out Yo, shooting clubs up. That's what you doing. <laughs> Sweden one, Switzerland zero. Tom, the only one to call Sweden to win this one. We're all in that Shakiri beer. Um, but man, Sweden showed they're the better team. They they got more belief. Um, they're more well drilled. I should have, man. I messed up. I should have remembered back to the game they played against Italy, man. How organized this team was. How difficult this team was to beat. They gave Germany a hard time. Germany needed a buzzer beater. They smacked up Mexico. I think I was just high on the Shakiri goal against uh, Serbia. So bad. Had no business. No business picking Sweden. Uh, picking Switzerland to beat Sweden. Yeah. Actually, I, I think you did because no, I didn't. Real. I wrote it down, man. Tom was the only one to pick Sweden. I picked. No, I know that, but look at how the goal was scored. It was a deflection. Besides that, it's a zero-zero game. It's very even. Uh, yes, um, Switzerland had more shots, which was eighteen to twelve. Sweden had what six block shots? Uh, uh, no, Switzerland had ten block shots. Holy cow! But look, shots on target were three to four. This was a very even game. So either whether you picked Switzerland or Sweden, it was more or less a flip of a coin this match. Not if you Thanks, were me, you were feel better, bro. I knew, I I knew what the it. hell was going to go down. Sweden, man, so balanced, this team, playing my favorite 4-4-2 formation, very difficult to break down. And it, it was the star, man. It looks like the stars have been stepping up at this stage. Emil Forsberg drifting into the center. Yes, he got a little fortunate with the deflection there. Um, but it's just something about this Sweden side that I like. They seem to be that sleeper team that a lot of people are just kind of counting out. Dark and horse. Seen all the time, these teams end up usually in like fourth or third place in the World Cups. This is a real dark horse. I think we found our dark, dark horse. There have been a lot of upsets, um, but this is a true dark horse. Like the fact that they had 10 block shots, like Huss said, they had 32% possession. But the whole time, it didn't look out of control. You know what I mean? It didn't look like it was desperate defending by them. And even uh, even at the end, they almost iced the game with a penalty. The, the the call ended up being outside the box, the red card. Man, I was really hoping for another yellow just to get Tom Fuman right there. But the dude gave uh, gave uh, who was it? Was it Toivonen a shove Ryan. on the back? 
So oh, that was definitely, yeah, that was definitely a red card. Lang got the red card. Yeah, Lang pushed, I think, Torven in, in the back. Yeah, man. Like, I'm that glad. One, I'm glad. I hate when that one, the no goalie balls, was there, the balls to give a red. That's the worst. But the goalie was there, you know, so this kills your argument. The goalie was, you know, still in front of the, the player, but now it was a push in the back. It was the most legit red I've seen. But again, I applaud Lang, bro. Take that red. Take that red for the team. Yeah, take the uh, red. Take the yeah, yeah. I mean, but if if you let him in and he scores, you know, the second, then you really take the L, and you didn't even do anything about it. But man, I'm tired of Bjerg. All right, spelt Berg, called Bjerg. Marcus, tired of this dude. Why, is, man? Because he hasn't done any. He honey dicked me, bro. Yeah, honey dicked yeah. me during qualifications. Top score, I think he got eight or eleven goals. Yeah, I don't quite remember the number. He has done jack shit ever since his big <laughs> miss. Um, at the opening game of this World Cup inside the six. He's been a shadow of himself. In this game, he had that volley like early in the game that was the most wild volley I've ever seen. <laughs> he has his shot good. blocked, which sucks, you know, because it was on target. But I'm tired of this dude, man. But watch him score a hat trick next game. But That's what I'm, I'm saying, so annoyed man. At him. This one, the star needed to step up. Forsberg stepped up. Probably the biggest name on the Swedish side. For sure. Used to the glitz and glam of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But for me, Forsberg's the guy I want at Arsenal terribly, desperately. He can play out wide desperately? in the midfield role. Desperately. Um, I don't know if he's, he's a desperately he's, type of player. I mean, I know guy. he's linked with a lot of people. Come on, desperately? He led the Bundesliga and assist. And desperately? Last year, last, okay, this is, again, personal. This is a guy who I desperately want at Arsenal. He's a guy who's going to push the likes of Mesut Ozil. So if Mesut Ozil wants to be a bitch and walk on the field, Emil Forsberg's high work rate is going to force him to if, actually pick his game up. This is your desperate player. You're going to be outside the top four next year, too. I don't know, Bus. Look. Yeah, I, I do. Mean, Why are you sleeping this on guy, Forsberg? Like, no, no, I'm not. Yeah. Forsberg That's not a desperate player. If he comes, yeah, great. But this guy is part of this guy's part of the caught up on Forsberg, bro. Yeah, this guy's part of the reason why you guys were so honey, uh, so hard on for Nabi Keita. This guy fed that RB Leipzig team. He's making Timo Werner look like a star. Tom just brought up the stat. He's got the most assists in the in the Bundesliga this past season. I think because RB Leipzig doesn't get that much TV rights, we don't see them until either they're in the Europa or they're in um, in Champions League. This guy's a problem, man. And he came out earlier uh, after the season, before the World Cup started. He said he wants out at RB Leipzig. And I think it's because a guy like Nabi Keita is leaving. Werner's probably leaving either this year or next year for Bayern. Um, so he sees the writing on the wall. He's like, yo, I can't pull these strings without talent. He's the, he's the oldest out of both of them. Dude, he's ready, man. It's time for him to go. And Arsenal say they will put a $50 million bid for him. So yeah. they're serious about getting this dude. Hustle. Yeah. It's leaping on this guy, man. He's one of those Momo Salah guys where you're like, ah, quietly 50 million, whatever. Dishes dimes. And to, perfect, to the perfect point, he's going to push a guy like Ozil. Ozil's not going to give you 38 games over next season. He's just mentally, he's not there. I think physically, too, he's not quite himself anymore. He's always sick. No, I, I, I'm not sleeping on the guy, but it's just I'm not – he's not a desperate type of player to me where if you're going to get it, desperately really need a player, that's going to be changing everything. I think Aubameyang was more of a desperate player than Forsberg is. Dude, I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm desperate in general. Like, come on, bro. Come on, man. Uh, okay, okay. No, you know what? Just to get more plays at your club and get it rolling, I'll give you that. 
we need this guy, man. We need guys like this who, who can – they're, they're not still, afraid of the moment. He's a guy who's not afraid of the moment. That's and he's like. still hungry. And he's still mm-hmm. hungry for success. He's not full yet. You know, like a guy like Ozil, um, I think Igor was bringing it up when we were watching the game. He's won a World Cup. He's won Euros. He's won – I don't know. He hasn't won a Premier League, but he's won a couple of FA Cups. Um, threatened a Europa. He won Champions League at Real Madrid. He won La Liga. Um, so he's a guy who's really, really well. Like well German fed. player of the year, like four years in a row or something. Yeah, man, he's well, well fed, and I think I think we're gonna see a resurgence of Özil because I think that message from Wenger got tired, and Wenger used to let him get away with walking, you know, used to let him get away with a lot of stuff. So, which was part of the reason why there was a bit of a, a split in the locker room as well. A lot of players weren't happy playing next to Özil because he get that special treatment from Wenger because Wenger likes his ballers. You know, versus the work rate dudes. And so we kind of saw the same thing with Germany, where apparently, allegedly, there was a Bayern split versus the others, and Ozil reportedly was one of the heads of that other group. And that other group, man, it was it was a brilliant thing I read. Um, he was pissed that the elders of Germany, like the the, the captains and stuff, Müller, Neuer, all those guys, didn't convince Jurgi Lowe to bring Sané. So. Ozil was on the Sané side of things, and he wasn't hey, happy. My God, so, this dude, my God. Yeah, so, he has a brain. He, well, I mean, sorry, he has eyes. Oh, wait, because he's oh, not yo, he's against Sané for leaving Germany. He's a chameleon. He's a chameleon. Yeah. And you know what? I, I don't think Ozil is going to be the one that loses his spot on the field because if, if Forsberg does go to Arsenal, it's going to be Iwobi. Uh, he's That's going cool. to be playing that right side or that left side. Uh, I don't think he's going to play that central role for – for Ozil. But yeah, no, no, look, Ozil, exactly. The, the thing is, yes, he won't come in for Ozil, but when Ozil decides to be sick for a week or two, yeah. Forsberg can't play that central position. Then you bring a Wobi to cover Forsberg position or whatever left wing or right winger you want to bring in. And it's so, weird. We don't know how Arsenal's going to line up. If they're going to use a two-forward system, most likely not. You know, they won't, they won't play Aubameyang and Lacazette as two central strikers. We saw that Aubameyang kind of pushed that left wing spot, like a Zet sometimes more central. So, look, it's going to be interesting. I don't want to make this too much of an Arsenal thing. I just wanted to make the point that Emil Forsberg is a serious player. He's a baller, and he's someone who I think you should also desperately want at Liverpool, man, in that number 10 attacking role. It'll be a problem. Yeah, absolute beast, man. But Again, Sweden. desperate? No. Would I like him? Yes. Um, dudes make it to the Champions League final and lose, and all of a sudden... No, 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 no. Obla, <laughs> Alisson, those are desperate players for Liverpool, not, not Forsberg. Your whole Fair life enough, is man. desperate. Sweden oh. goes through, knocks out Switzerland. We're looking, we're talking real quick, quarterfinal um, predictions. You got Uruguay, France, Brazil, Belgium, Sweden, England, Russia, Croatia. Man, this is sad because the powerhouses are going to cannibalize each other while England has quote unquote an easy ride um, to the, not to the finals because they still have to face either Russia or Croatia, but man, you're going to get France, Brazil or Belgium knocked out. I I'm giving Uruguay a bit of shade because they basically only have two players. Um, but those are the three teams. Man. One at this point, Kalani got injured as well. Yeah, we don't know if he'll be healthy. He probably will, man. They'll shoot him up. Get in there, bro. El Matador, earn your name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, let's talk Uruguay France real quick. What do you what are you thinking for this one? France. 
Next. I'm thinking France, and I don't want to. I don't want to be like that, though, man. I don't think it's going to be that easy of a game for them because Uruguay is difficult to break down. They're a Uruguay. good defensive team. No, uh, Uruguay is going to be great. We've seen them in the the group stages where uh, they didn't let up a goal, and then even against Argentina, they did let goals in. But then it's almost the exact opposite team against. Uh, sorry, uh, Portugal. I fall. I got um, mixed up, but. Um, Uruguay, they are very tough to break down, and I could see France getting one, maybe two, if they figure out their system. But if I could see Suarez or well, is Cavani okay after that that header, which might have been uh, made him a little dizzy? It wasn't the header, Brad? Concussion. Yeah, it was the legs, man. It was the legs. Only the legs can stop the matador. My legs. No, Not look. If they, if France wants any shot at winning this, and again, Uruguay. Super defensively organized, pack it in very negative tactics. They haven't caught heat with their negative tactics because they have two superstars up top. So that sort of distracts, but they're very similar to Russia. They'll give you 70, 80% of the possession, no problem. Like they're not about yeah. that possession. They know life. who they are. They know who they are. The only guy France can win with, not the only guy, I don't want to say the only guy, but one of the most pivotal guys they need is Giroud. Giroud needs to occupy those two center backs, keep them nice and central. Give Mbappé, Griezmann, Dembele, whoever you want to put out wide, that one-on-one space. This is my thing that I was going to say. I was like, who is going to deal with Mbappé's speed? It's not speed. It's not speed because they pack it in, bro. So, like, Mbappé's speed is going to be basically from the 18 to the end line. They're not not going to be Okay, not not just physical speed, but his speed of thought, his speed of play. Like, who? the way this kid's playing right now, I don't know if any defense in the world – can deal with him. And like we saw, no. Uruguay will get their opportunities for corner kicks, right? We saw, like, the, if France breaks on a corner kick, for yeah, example, for and they sure. transition. So there's, there's going to be plenty of chances, I think, for Mbappé to use his pace and get him behind, even though Uruguay will pack it in more so. Um, but I, that's my I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so, man. I, 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 I hear what you're saying, but having watched France against Denmark, and um, actually, France in the group stage, bro. Mbappe's speed wasn't a factor until Argentina thought they could highline this dude. They thought they could highline and squeeze the field and shrink it. And that was a massive mistake they made, especially having Otamendi and Rojo back there. Guys who aren't that fast, they're, they're brilliant defenders, I think. You know, one-on-one, blah, blah, blah. But Mbappe, Uruguay, you know Uruguay is going to be watching it. They're going to tell Godin, if you go past our final third, you're off the field, bro. Do not cross our final third. Play that deep line. We're not trying to offside trap these dudes. Just keep them in front of you. And it's going to be that stalemate. Denmark gave them the same treatment, bro. Like, cool, Mbappé. You're the fastest player in the world. Don't give a fuck. We're going to hang out at the top of our 18. Beat us with your first three steps, which is possible. But Giroud again, man. Occupation. You watch that break that they had against Argentina, that last play um, that Giroud. First of all, Rojo. I don't know why he was stretched out of that position but Giroud comes in as an outlet draws Godin in and then lays it off out wide to Mbappe I don't think Uruguay is going to give him that kind of pleasure but uh, if Uruguay are going to score this is going to take a very impressive goal um Varane and Titi these are going to be the two best center backs and two best center back pairing that Uruguay has faced this tournament um, and then not only that, but you put Conte in the mix as well, running all over the place, disrupting that passing for Uruguay. Uh, if Pogba, Mbappe, uh, Griezmann, if any of them can get in behind 
if they can get one goal, it very well could be over because the floodgates might very well open for France. I think France's fullbacks are going to be very important in this game. Teo Hernandez has been low-key amazing, I think. Um, yep. This tournament, his ability to go forward, to become uh, an additional attacker as well. Mm -hmm. um, Pavard as well. We saw him score a spectacular goal um, the previous game. And um, he's not quite as good going forward as uh, Hernandez, but he's also, I think, going to play a very important role in pinning Uruguay back and getting some of those balls in there to Giroud. Yeah, that's a great shot, man. The fullbacks have been flawless for this uh, French team. And I personally didn't see it coming. You called out Pavard before the tournament even started. I thought, man, no Mendy. These guys are going to struggle to get forward. And to be fair, neither one of these guys have that Mendy athleticism. I think France would be 10 times better with Mendy in there. Oh, man, but I think Teo Hernandez got something to say, bro. He's, he's, he's got something to say, but are you, when you build, are you taking Mendy over Hernandez, bro? Let's be real. Of course. Right now, no, because because of his, his strength. He's not as strong as Mendy, but speed-wise. Yeah, we're talking fast. right now. We're, and, well, uh, right right now, this. actually, I'm probably going to take Teo Hernandez because Mendy's coming back from a knee injury. Yeah, yeah, But I know sure, what man. you're saying. At 100%. Yeah, at 100%. 100%, I'm taking Benjamin, Benjamin Mendy. Different factor. But, yeah, Hernandez, not to hate on him, man. He's been absolutely um, fantastic for them. Brazil versus Belgium, the brother bowl here. Tom and I have been talking shit. Because I think January, bro, I started guessing up yeah. this Belgian team. Magic. They almost go down to the Blue Samurais. Uh, man, that would have been rough if they lost. I'm sure you would still be fucking crowing right yeah, now. Yeah, I'd be rubbing that shit in right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, this is – I feel like this should be like a World Cup semifinal slash final. I think we got cheated a bit with these two teams facing each other this early. But, nonetheless, it happens. Who you got here? You know who I got. Let's okay, let's have right. Huss break the tie. I I have Brazil. Tiki's got Belgium. Huss, who you got? Coming into the into the tournament, I agreed with Tom. I was saying Brazil, but Belgium looks so much better than Brazil for the first three matches, and then Brazil looks better for this last match. So it's really tough to say which one's going to win or which one's going to perform better. It all just comes down to is Neymar going to show up. Is Neymar going to take on those center backs? Is that three back really going to hurt them? Because if they do a three back and Neymar is able to get in behind and go 1v1 against, um, I, I think it was Toby on that side. Yeah, it was Toby. That could cause havoc for Belgium. And then not only that, but the subs with Firmino seems to be him and Fellaini are almost equal, but I like um, Firmino a bit more just because he is player. actually the one that's. Winning in the air. Yeah, right. Who are you picking <laughs> to go? I am going to go with Belgium because they have less in less injuries. But if they don't change if they don't change up their strategic uh defensive strategy, I could very well see Brazil. This is so tough because I don't like that three back. The, with with the two going so high, the, they're so exposed and they will be exposed against Brazil. But I will go with Belgium. If Fellaini right. starts, they win. Plain and simple. Fellaini starts, they win. Not saying Fellaini's going to score. Not saying he's going to get an assist. But it'll be enough of a distraction to allow everyone else around him My thing is, look, I, ideally you want Neymar to step up. But the reason why I believe in this Brazilian team is because I don't believe they need Neymar to step up. I think they have plenty of talent within this team. William, Coutinho, Gabi Azus is due. He hasn't scored his goal yet. You know, now does he get a start next game? We'll see. But 
he hasn't scored his goal yet as well. Honestly, you know, so. if, there's, if there's any game for Gabi Jesus to start, it's this one. Like Hus was saying, the slow center backs, man. The three, the three center back system. You want Gabi going at company one on one. I know company is a hell of a defender. He's not the fastest slash healthiest guy. Vertonghen is probably not match up with speed, but he's been more of a faster side center back. And Toby, bro, Neymar eat up Toby. Get Gabi Jesus take on uh Vincent Company. And with what? What's Axel Witzel gonna do with Philippe Coutinho? Exactly. He's in a world of trouble. Yeah, man. So this game, as much as I think Belgium will win it, it's not going to be an easy one, man. Brazil woke up at the right time. But I think that test that Belgium suffered, they showed that belief, man. And you see after the game, Lukaku holding the team talk. There's a lot of passion coming out of that team. Like, Yeah, we got to give a shout out to Lukaku for that because he seems to be that leader on that team. And we didn't even we failed to mention his dummy that he had for Chadley, which was oh so smooth. Uh, but so I'm smooth. impressed with how much of a leader he is. I saw it towards the end of this season for Man United when he yeah, was man. calling players out for quitting and hiding in big moments. And after this miraculous comeback victory against Japan, he's in the middle of the huddle, in the middle of the circle, you know, just, just ranting and raving. So I, yeah, I not Kostini, not Hazard, not all those guys. Fucking young Lukaku. Where you at, Snacks? Not for you. <laughs> well, you know, I think Belgium and England almost have the same parallel for captaincy where they gave their best player the captain ban. Same thing with Harry Kane. But it was someone else that was doing the talking. With Lukaku was doing the talking. Same thing with Jordan Henderson. He was the one that was really getting the team going. So it's almost um, the stories that you would hear from Steven Gerrard where it was Carragher who would be the one that was talking to the teammates where Gerrard would be going out and really proving it. Yep. So it's the same thing England and Belgium where you have one player who is the captain proving it, and then the other player uh, who might be vice-captain uh, very well could be just barking orders and really getting the motion up. For sure, man. In, uh, Sweden, England, England surviving that test, going to PK. Sweden also surviving a test, you know, giving up possession, desperately blocking shots, but never really, really looked in trouble during that game against Switzerland. These two go head to head. I got England. This is emotional. This is also logical. I think this was a wake up call, but England does not win if Sterling doesn't play. I mean, if Rashford or Vardy don't play for Sterling. I disagree. I think if Sterling does play, they still win. Will it be a close game? Yes. It'll probably be just like what we saw. It'll probably be something like a, a 2 1, 2 0, 1 0. It won't be a high scoring game. But I do believe that England will have enough. Um, Sterling, he hasn't been good. But if we're going to say, oh, this is the time for Gabby Jesus to step on, why isn't this the time for Raheem Stern you know to step why? on? Not by get a goal, but just to get a penalty. You know Sterling why? doesn't play in the middle, bro, ever. Ever play. And he's been ineffective, not because he's a bad player or he's blah, 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 having a rough World Cup. It's because he's in the middle. He doesn't play well in traffic. You need an isolated Man City style like Sané. Sterling, stretch it. And they're not going to play that system, which I'm fine. They have well, the tactics. They're not playing to his strengths. He's not He's not as strong in the middle, but, I mean, he did play there at times for Man City this year, uh, especially when Aguero and Gabi Jesus were hurt and in that period. So I agree with you, though. It's definitely not his, his strength. Um, but for me, it's Harry Kane's time. That's why it's not Raheem Sterling's time, us, because Harry Kane... Man, for those who of you who want to doubt him, he's proven that he is world class in this tournament. I thought he's proved he proved it two years ago, honestly. 
Um, but he's world-class. He's stepping up to the plate. I was getting ready to say Sweden is going to upset England. But honestly, I think you got Harry Kane on your team. You have a chance to win. He draws the PK this game, brings him up a goal, and, and tucks it away. Now, I don't trust the rest of the English team. I don't trust the lack of movement in the center of the park. I don't trust Deli Ali and Jesse Lingard in there. Um, I don't trust Jordan Henderson. I don't really trust this midfield, so I can't see them being broken down. But I do think England has enough, um, and that they have Harry Kane, and they have a chance. So I'm going with England beating Sweden. Uh, Tom, real quick, I think you and I are sort of agreeing. But like I said, for Sterling to step up, he doesn't need the goal. It can still be Harry Kane's moment, but he could just get the penalty for Harry Kane to take the penalty. Understand? He hasn't been playing well enough to like draw PKs. That's the thing. He hasn't. He hasn't. And Gabby he hasn't, Jesus hasn't been playing well either. But we can say that he's going to step up in the moment. So I think Sterling has Jesus a chance. No, no. The only reason, better. the only reason I said Jesus is because he's a number nine playing his position, and it's the factor of him going one on one against a center back right away. Sterling. Fair enough, Huss. You're not your statement isn't incorrect. That's not the point of this because, yeah, of course, if Sterling turns a guy, he can easily get a PK real quick. My point is, is he put in the best position to earn those PKs? And at City Tum, he played that system only when the fullback slash walker would bomb in. He would tuck in. He didn't start in that formation next to Aguero Jesus. He would start no, out wide. No, he started as a center forward before that's what I was where I meant. Got it, got it. But even that was like a false nine type of setup. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't a link-up play kind of center. Uh, you, you, you see that movement today. You know, when England played, there was no movement centrally. You know, they'd knock it into Kane. Kane at some point was playing number eight, the number eight position. Like That to me has to do with the midfield. That's what I'm saying. Like that too. Like centrally, there's just, there's not enough there to even make him successful because he's not getting supply from the midfield, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Whatever, man. It was all guess guesswork anyway. So there, there was a little thing that I was thinking about actually real quick during the game. If England, this squad, was in the EPL, where do you think they would finish? Uh, top four, bro. Top four. Because I think they'd have more chances to like change their, their, their formation. You wouldn't have Walker. You don't necessarily need Walker at center back. You could put him at his right back position, have Maguire in there. For tournament-wise, I think they wanted to play out the back, so having three center backs usually benefits that. Um, but I see him top four. I don't see him necessarily you know, winning the league, but they have enough quality. In it. As long as you have Harry Kane, bro, and Deli Ali, and Lingard second. here and there, and in Rashford here second. and there, and you have your defense as well. Like, Yeah, man, this is a problematic team on paper, but we know paper means jack. Well, I think that midfield would come back to bite them throughout the whole year. Because they just don't have any creativity in that midfield. Every single World Cup, I feel like we say that. Every single you know, year, I feel like we say that. You know, they have creatively. They have uh, what's his name? Loftus Cheek, dude. They're just yeah. When you say when you have to say what's his name, they have a problem. No, because every <laughs> time I want to, I want to call him. Oh fuck! What's I want to call him Ward Prowse every time, and he's not Ward Prowse. So I'm like correcting myself in my head. Dude, Loftus Cheek, y'all are sleeping on this dude. Not me, bro. Not me. No, no, I'm not sleeping on him, but I'm saying, like, if they had, they were fortunate to have a player like Tiago, how Tiago can't even get on the pitch for Spain for the most part. But if someone like that could play for England, everything changes. For sure, man. For sure. Russia versus Croatia. 
man, I'm sticking with Mararasha in this one. These dudes got the heart. This is not going to be about class. It's not going to be a quality Russian performance. They're going to pack it in. I don't think Croatia has enough at number nine to really test those defenders. It's going to have to be the Modric and Rakitic show. And lately, I don't know where those dudes are at. I see Russia somehow stealing one from Croatia, maybe even in PKs again. I don't know where I want to go with this. My heart, well, sorry, my brain is telling me Croatia. My heart is saying Russia because everything seems to be going great for them right now. And I, I they're feeding off the energy. Uh, the rest might be feeding off the money, but I'm not even going to say that uh, because they've been playing well enough where I can't even say Putin has gotten, got involved. Um, Croatia, they looked really good in one game. Um, but other than that, their the offense really has not really been there. And the goal that they scored um, in the – who who they play? My fault. I can't think of who they played. I'll check that real quick. Croatia played – oh, Denmark. The one goal that they had came, came off of like a deflection, and Manjutic was just there. So – I'm going to go with Russia, too, for the fact that wow. they, they are a wall in back. And I don't think Croatia is going to – so this is going to come – they're actually going to extra time. And I think Russia is going to steal it. Look, I got um, Russia. I have to say I got um, a boys to men song here for you. Um, and it goes a little something like this. And we've come – to the end of the road and I still can't let go. All right, that's enough of uh, let go of that song. That's that's enough. But Russia, it's the end. Those years. Yeah, you like that right there? Um, feel <laughs> free to sign me any um Atlanta records out there. Shout out to your boy. <clears throat> um, Russia, this is the end of the road. It's been a great journey. You have surprised the entire world as the host nation and even get into the quarters. Um, but this is the end of the road for Russia. Too much quality for this Croatian team who looks destined to potentially be in the finals. Okay, so I have Croatia just putting the foot to the, Rush to the Russians in this one. Russia will sit back, um, but I don't think they'll sit back as much as they did in the previous game. Um, against Spain because Croatia aren't as heavy favorites as Spain was. So I do think Russia will allow a few more gaps in midfield, which the Croatian midfield will exploit. I dig it. I dig it. And uh, to cover Al, who's still on his, uh, his Contiki vacation, he's in London still. Uh, I think he was at a watch party today. We haven't heard too much from him, but we'll get a full report when he gets back, if he ever gets back. Hammered. France, he's got France beating Uruguay. He's got Belgium beating Brazil. He's got England beating Sweden. And he's got Croatia beating Russia. All right, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. It's been a hell of a World Cup, man. So many buzzer beaters, 90-minute goals. I mean, it would be better if the U.S. was in it. I get it. But it's still good regardless, man. And only I'm disappointed when I hear people saying, you know, what, are you watching the World Cup, soccer, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, this, this is one of the most epic World Cups of at least my lifetime that I've seen, man. There, it happens so once every there. four years. What the hell? And the whole world stops. This, Some of these games are getting a billion uh, eyes on it. Like, 
if you're not watching, if you have friends who are not watching, I give you permission to stick your nose in the air and look down on those peasants because they don't get it. They're out of touch. They're absolutely out of touch. They're missing out on a world experience, a global experience. There are very few world events that everyone in every country can sit down together and watch. People aren't stopping around the world to watch the Super Bowl. They're not stopping to watch the Stanley Cup. They're not stopping to watch the NBA championships. And shout out to those sports. Those sports are great. But they are nothing compared to the sport of footy. So if you're catching heat from your friends, man, I say fuck them. Enjoy it with us. <laughs> Get some Keep, new friends. <laughs> get some new friends, man. Get some people who understand what the world is about. Anything else before we go bust, Tom? I, I got two things. One, of the, the quarters, how many games do you think are going to go into extra time? Two. Two? Tom? Yep. One. One? I'm going to – just to break it, I'm going to say three. Uh, and then real quick, I just want to go through the five – um, top five for fantasy because we just finished the round of 16. Uh, so fifth place, we got L. Kenzom, FC Wambolo. Uh, you got 164 overall. Fourth place is me, Bingo Bango, with 168. McPuny is third place at 172. D. Esterkin, why always me, in second place. With 174 and in first place still, Brazil with 187. Beast mode, keep it up, guys. Uh, I'm coming for that ass. I just got two two more things here. Oh, show. Um, just that moment in the England game when Raheem Sterling was barged, he was shoulder barged uh, by the Colombian, by a Colombian coach, wasn't the head coach. Um, I thought that was a, a major moment there. And then the last thing, which I think we have to mention, biggest rumor of the day here, Cristiano Ronaldo oh. being linked with a move to Juventus. 80, 80 the million, they said. 80 million or 88 million discount price. But, I mean, I guess this dude's 33, 34. Discount double check. Still worth it. I would still pay 140 for him, probably, 150. Yeah, no, he's worth it. That's a perfect league for him. It's a bit slower. Um don't come to United, man. I would love to see him at United, but like I said in the text, like the the comparison to what he used to do would be too much, man. It would be it's too much. Destroy Syria, bro. Are you kidding dude, me? Maybe Juventus. Maybe Juventus can finally win a Champions League, dude. You think you dude, if he comes back? Yo, if he wins a Champions League with Juventus, can we put Messi to bed? Nah. Come on, bro. He goes to United, wins one. Real Madrid wins one. And now Juventus wins one, and the Messi, Messi it makes it a lot more tough. It may, it oh. makes it's, it boosts him definitely a notch, but oh. Messi you guys, may end up and, and you're on top of that as well with Portugal. Like ah man, Messi It'll may end up long for you guys at that point. It'll be emotional, <laughs> all you Messi fans. Oh, um, all right, guys, fan. thanks for listening. We will be black soon. Peace.